Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. Uh, Today is week number 11 of the Breakthrough Series. I'm fairly confident that this has been the longest series I've ever preached. Um, Experts tell us that uh, you should keep your series between around four weeks, six weeks at the most. uh, But in this context, it just couldn't be done. And so we've hit the subject of Breakthrough from a lot of different angles Uh, We looked at it from a historical perspective when we talked about ancient King David and the battle at Perizim. Perizim actually means Lord of the Breaks. And if you've been around church at all, you've heard people talk about God as the Lord of the Breakthrough. And that's where we get that terminology. It's from that battle that David fought. We talked about being breakthrough pioneers and how we're not just fighting for us. We're fighting for the generations that follow behind us. And that's why it's so hard for some people on the front end. You're just pushing and you're pushing because when you're when you're blazing a new trail that nobody's been on, there's a lot more work on the front end. But don't give up because those that are following behind you, your sons, your daughters, your grandsons, granddaughters and the generations to come are going to walk on the path that you're blazing now. And we talked about preparation for breakthrough and consecration and how breakthrough requires complete surrender. We have to be all in. There are no cheat days when it comes to breakthrough, when it comes to pursuing breakthrough. Will there be mistakes? Of course. And that's where we depend on the grace of God. We truly cannot experience breakthrough without complete surrender. And we also talked about how breakthrough requires a definitive word from God. We can't just be out here picking spiritual fights just because. right? We have to have a clear word from God before we go into battle. And then when we get into the battle that God's called us to, then we stay in our lane and we're not fighting other folks, other people's battles. Many of you over the last several weeks have been to the front, to this altar, and we've prayed. And I believe that God has done significant things here in our lives. People have received healing mentally and emotionally and spiritually. Others have received prophetic words, and we've sought God together for breakthrough. And some of us are still seeking God for breakthrough in one or maybe multiple areas of our lives. And even though we're starting to close out this series on the subject of breakthrough, it's not a closure on our pursuit of breakthrough. The vast majority of you have been encouraged. Your faith has come alive again to believe God for the impossible. And at the same time, others may may feel discouraged. Your faith to believe God for a miracle was ignited. You've sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit and the voice of God speaking to you during our corporate worship times and our gatherings. But when you left this atmosphere, there was little to no change in your circumstances. And now you're living within the tension of God's word says, but my reality is. This is a situation that I'm very familiar with. I mean, the nature of the ministry that I've been privileged to be a part of for the last 25 plus years is emotional. Sunday after Sunday, for more than a quarter century, I've gotten behind a keyboard or a guitar and I've led people into worship. And people have experienced God. They've sensed His presence, heard His voice and received healing. One Sunday before I moved to Florida, I was leading worship in Kentucky 
there was a man there with hearing problems. And he received a miraculous healing in his ears, but no one even prayed for him. In the middle of worship, the healing power of Jesus just touched him. And when he got to his car after the service, he noticed that he was having trouble hearing. And he thought that his hearing aid batteries were dying. And when he took out his hearing aids to check, he noticed that he was healed. And it turns out that the hearing aids that were once used to enhance the sound were now muffling the sound coming into his ears. And when he took out his hearing aids, he said he could hear completely. And he described on his way home how annoying all of the bells and the clicks and the dings of his car were. Sounds he hadn't heard in years. And I've seen people come to the altar weeping under the power of the Holy Spirit. I've watched as the spirit of depression was literally lifted from someone's life and they began to dance and sing and rejoice. One time I was, I played with an anointed psalmist from Cuba. His name was Vidal. And he played the violin like no one that I've ever heard in my entire life. And he was supposed to just sit in with us during the worship set. But the power of God fell so strongly that we couldn't move beyond the music. It felt as though God himself were playing through his instrument. And as people literally ran to the altar, they would lie down prostrate before the Lord. And Vidal would just play over them and they would weep and repent before God. I've never seen anything like it before or since. First service ran into second service and we just started all over. And God just kept moving on people. So many times in my life, I've seen others receive their breakthrough, and yet the breakthrough that I needed, the one that I desired, seemed to remain at a distance. When I went through my separation and ultimately divorce in 2008, I was serving as the youth and worship pastor in Palatka, Florida. Ted Stackpole, who many of you have met, was my pastor. He's been here to speak numerous times and he met with the church board as we started going through this process. And they called me in for a meeting. And some of them had experienced the pain of divorce. I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to continue to work there. And one by one, these men of God went around the room and they told me that they believed in me and that they were there for me. And they pledged their lives to me during that season. I was a broken mess. Somehow, we continued to lead worship and lead a youth group. If you've ever walked through a divorce, you understand the pain that's involved on both sides. It doesn't matter who's at fault. It doesn't matter who's calling for the divorce or who's leaving who. The pain is real on both sides. And when I share stories of my past, I try to be as honoring as I can to the mom of my older kids because they're often sitting in the room listening to these stories like they are today. And I never want to come across as if I did nothing wrong or that the separation was no fault of mine. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that it is painful. And then in the middle of that season, one Wednesday in particular, I remember having a very, very bad day. The emotion was overwhelming. And I met with my team of youth leaders and I shared with them for the first time what was going on. And again, I was a complete mess. And I went to the pulpit that night to the platform and I gave those students all I had. And I gave the invitation that night for people to receive more of God. And I expected no one to respond, but God had a different plan. Nearly every student got out of their seat and came to the front. And now I'm standing there hurting and broken, looking at a group of about 40 to 50 teenagers, all wanting more of God. And I walked to this side of the platform and I prayed. And I said, God, I don't have anything to give these kids. 
And I immediately had the thought of the Old Testament story of the widow who had nothing but a little bit of oil. And the prophet of God told her to go and borrow as many empty vessels as she could. And then he told her, pour out the little bit of oil that you have into the empty vessels. And the Bible says that her oil, even though it was small, did not run out until all of her vessels that she was poured into, until she ran out of vessels. And as I stood there talking to God, I prayed. I said, I don't feel like I have anything left to give But whatever is in there, I'll pour it out if you'll touch these kids. And one by one, I prayed that God would fill those students. And time slipped away from us. And we went over our allotted time. And parents began to come in to see what was going on. And they began to come in and pick up their kids. Pastor Ted came in the back. I remember seeing him in the back of the room. It was such a holy moment that no one moved. When he came in, it was like something is happening. At that time, no one except Pastor Ted and my youth team, which I told before service, knew what was going on in my personal life. At the, at the end of that prayer time, I was completely spent spiritually and emotionally. And these students, not knowing how bad I needed my own breakthrough, gathered around me and they prayed. They prayed for me and it solidified my tenure there as their youth pastor for the next four years. Why am I telling you these stories? Because for the past 25 years, I've seen people experience breakthrough while often missing my own. Ultimately, my first marriage wasn't saved. But my life was. I'm saying that I know what it feels like to cry out to God for breakthrough. To cry out to God to do something on my behalf. Something that I believe is within his will, something that he wants to do. But the blessing or the breakthrough or the healing remains elusive. See, we often pray as if we're trying to change God. But I love what I recently heard Bishop Dale Bronner say. He says this, quote, prayer doesn't change God. Prayer is designed to change you. When you pray, God will either change things for you or he will change you for things. Sometimes God will lighten the burden. Other times he will strengthen your back. And both are an answer to prayer. And maybe you're wondering what any of this has to do with anything. It seems like a weird way to begin to close out a series. I want to encourage you to keep fighting and not to give up. Even if the breakthrough seems like it's not going to come, keep fighting. Even when the pain is unbearable, when the frustration is palpable, when the heartache is unmistakable, keep going. Because sometimes God will lighten the burden, other times he will strengthen your back, but no matter what, he will not leave you. See, if we're not careful in our pursuit of breakthrough, we can become like ancient Israel And when the breakthrough doesn't come when, where, and how we expected it to come, we begin to complain. We spent two weeks looking at how the Israelites complained and how angry it made God. So angry, in fact, that he was ready to kill them all and start over with Moses. We are often no different in our on-demand culture. We become angry and frustrated when things don't go our way. And now have a new perspective on the frustration that I used to feel as a worship leader when others would receive breakthrough from God while my breakthrough seemed to never come. And I don't believe that God caused that season in my life, but he certainly redeemed that season. What the enemy meant to destroy me, God used to bring brokenness into my life. And that leads me to the final point really of this series is that true breakthrough begins with true brokenness. If we can properly steward our frustration, our confusion, 
and our anger, God can use that as an agent to bring godly brokenness into our life. Look, and I know the subject of brokenness isn't going to get everybody fired up today. There's likely going to be no one hooping, hollering, or running the aisles. But I believe that God is looking for broken people to pour His anointing into. Show me someone who carries a deep anointing and I'll show you someone who's experienced brokenness in their life. Show me someone who's full of gratitude and I'll show you someone who's experienced loss. Listen to what the scriptures say about brokenness. Psalm chapter 34, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The psalmist writes in Chapter 51, verse 17, my sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. Contrite means crushed. Anybody ever felt crushed before? Isaiah chapter 57, beginning in verse 15, the ancient prophet writes this for this. Is what the high and exalted one says. This is God speaking. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. I will live in a high and holy place, but I will also with also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. A few chapters over Isaiah 66 verse two has not my hand made all these things. And so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. God lives with, he saves, he gives favor to the broken. But scripture is very clear that he stands against the proud and against the arrogant. Brokenness can elevate you or it can destroy you. And that's why two different people can go through the exact same circumstance. Both will be broken, but one will be bitter and resentful, while the other will be completely appreciative and grateful. A couple of weeks ago, I was with Brent Murray. And for those who don't know, Brent was recently in an accident that could have cost him his life. He broke his neck in multiple places. And by all accounts, he should have at least been paralyzed. But after several days in the hospital in an intense surgery, an excruciating pain at home. He's begun to feel better. But he has months and months of recovery ahead of him. He can't even begin physical therapy for like another three months. But as I sat across the table from him, he said this. I've never been more grateful than I have in my entire life. The same brokenness that often produces anger and bitterness and resentment because of this potential life-altering or life-ending injury has instead produced a sense of overwhelming gratitude. And again, you may be asking, what does this have to do with, anything, do with anything? And certainly, what does it have to do with the breakthrough? So you remember earlier in the series, we talked about that the pursuit of breakthrough is really the pursuit of Jesus. Because when we are pursuing him, when we become focused on, on him, it doesn't matter what the outcome is because he is the breakthrough. But when we become so focused on getting what we want, our love for Jesus can become resentment because we don't feel he's answering us in the way that he should. And I'm telling you that I've lived that life. For years, I ministered with, with resentment in my heart towards God. But now I embrace the brokenness. It forces me to a place of total dependence on God. And that's where breakthrough comes. My brokenness pushes me to my father. 
And when I'm living in his presence, then nothing else matters. For years, I felt unqualified because of my past. But the brokenness of my past is what allows the anointing to flow. And the same is true for you. The subject of brokenness could be its own multiple week series. In short form, when I talk about being broken, I'm not talking about walking around with a woe is me mentality or accepting a I'm not good enough or I'll never amount to anything mindset. I'm talking about realizing that we are nothing without Jesus. I'm talking about total dependence upon him. Listen to the words of Paul, the great first century missionary. Second letter that he wrote to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 9. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In other words, when I'm broken, I'm actually my strongest because my life is completely and utterly dependent on who God is. It's the realization that I can do nothing apart from him. It's the dichotomy of the kingdom. The kingdom of God often works the opposite of what we think. Kingdom laws don't operate like natural laws. Jesus comes along and he says things like the first will be last and the last will be first. You want to be the greatest? You must become the least. You want to be a leader? You must be a servant. You want to gain your life? You must first lose your life. You want to get back at your enemies? Pray for them and love them. The world says if it's broken, throw it away. But God says if it's not broken, I can't use it. And so we live in this tension of I'm broken, but I'm healed. I'm healed, but I'm broken. If we are just broken, then what flows out of us into others is toxic. But if we're kingdom broken, then what flows out of us into others is the anointing. Amen. Look, this message wasn't really an easy one to write. And there was just a lot of stories even about myself. I'm just trying to share my personal testimony on some levels. The topic of brokenness can be very complicated. Right? What does it mean to be healed but broken? Broken but healed. And how do we know if we're there? And if we're not there, how do we get there? I certainly don't want to invite more trauma and heartache into my life. And I can't say that I have all of the answers. The kingdom of God is full of mystery. And godly brokenness is certainly one of those mysteries. So does God want me healed or does he want me broken? Does he want me to break through or does he want me to pursue breakthrough? Does God want me to be weak? Does he want me to be strong? Does he want me to lead or does he want me to serve? And God says, yes. Yes, all of them. The kingdom of God isn't always an either or. It's often a both and. And so we live within the tension of God's word says, but my reality is. And as difficult as this is, it doesn't make either of them a lie. It means we're balancing the tension between two realities. It makes both of them true. 
If I were going to add another point to this series, it would be this, that breakthrough takes faith. Because while we often live within the tension of these two realities, I place my faith in God's word knowing that he will never fail. Even if my breakthrough looks different than what I'm currently believing God and asking for, God will not fail. My greatest personal example of that is I've already shared going through a divorce. The breakthrough that I prayed for then didn't come like I thought it would. But I never could have imagined the life that I'm living now. I fasted and I prayed. The church that I worked for, I would go in the sanctuary and walk and pray and cry out to God and claim and bind and loose and all of the things. One time, my, one of my greatest friends, Pastor David Houck, he's going to be here in a couple of weeks to speak, by the way. He made a trip with me to Kentucky, which is where uh, my kids were at the time. And on the way, we were praying. I was praying. He was like, dude, you've got problems. And, uh, but I got him back. He's, he's a Florida guy. And when we got up there, it was snowing. And he was not happy with that. <laughs> he was just like, I've never seen him so scared in all my life. And I love it. I love that he was scared. Um, but we're on the way. I was on the interstate. I was probably getting close to Atlanta, but I'll never forget. I was just going after God. No, completely unreserved, unashamed. And I'm, I'm naturally reserved by nature. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not an outgoing, like, I'm not an extrovert. That's not me. So when I say hi to you, it's, that's learned behavior. You know what I mean? I'd rather just be like, ugh. It doesn't mean I don't like you. It's just... But I'm, in this moment, I'm just, there's, I've, I've abandoned all shame, and I'm going after God, and I'm praying in the Spirit. And again, I'm binding, and I'm loosening, and I'm thanking God for this and that. And Pastor Dave stopped me, and he's like, but what if, what if God doesn't answer your prayer? What if it looks different than you think? And it was as quiet in the car as it is right now. I was like, I was thinking, you idiot, he's going to answer my prayer. But then I was thinking, what if he doesn't? And that's the tension that I'm talking about. Because my breakthrough came, but it didn't look like I thought it would look like. My breakthrough came, but so did kingdom brokenness. And again, because of that, the anointing can flow. I'm about to close this up. The band's going to come back up. We're going to sing one more song. And this is the last point, is our brokenness becomes our worship. There is a famous story in the New Testament. And you guys can, you guys can move. Um, there is a... I thought that was a good clue. We're going to sing one more song. The band's going to come back up. But the... Maybe I should have let him just sit there a second. <laughs> but there's a story in the New Testament. It's a very famous story where a lady brought a very expensive jar of perfume into a house where Jesus was. And the Gospel of John tells us that the perfume was worth about a year's wages. And this woman breaks the jar and pours the perfume 
on Jesus. And some of the people who were watching became angry. And they said, this, this perfume could have been sold and the money given to the poor. And the same thing will happen to us at times when we begin to break. People will not like it. The religious. But what was inside of that jar was of extreme value. And it wasn't until that the jar was broken that the aroma filled the room. And her brokenness became her worship. And I want to encourage you today that just like this expensive jar of perfume that this lady has, there is something of great value inside of you. There's an aroma inside of you that the world needs to breathe in. It's the aroma of kingdom brokenness. I'm healed, but I'm broken. I'm broken, but I'm healed. And when we begin to rest within the tension of these two, two realities, breakthrough comes. Going back to the earlier point, I'm pursuing Jesus more than anything else. To quote from our men's Bible study this past week, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, but everything minus Jesus equals nothing. And so I prepare and I pursue breakthrough, but I also trust Jesus with the process. It might not look like we think it will, but breakthrough will come. It might look completely different than you imagined. I would say in a large, a large percentage of the time, it probably does look completely different. And those of you that have had breakthrough in your life, looking back, you're like, yeah, I couldn't have, couldn't have called that one. I want to encourage you today to keep pursuing, keep trusting, keep going. But while we're living in the tension of God's word says, and I still haven't received what I thought I was going to receive, you just keep going. And you embrace the brokenness inside. The resentment, the anger, the why, God, did you not answer? Why have you not come through? Why did you not heal? Why did you not deliver? Why did you not protect? Why did you not all of the things that we deal with but nobody wants to talk about? Those are real. Embrace those moments. Take them to God and allow the brokenness to become godly brokenness so that that aroma can come out into others. I don't want to go through, I never want to go through what I went through all those years ago. But without that, there is no this. Without those moments, you're not sitting here and I'm not standing here and none of this exists. It's because God sees the end from the beginning. And in the midst of all of the resentment and all of the anger and all of the frustration, God was still there. And I want to tell you, even while you're still pursuing. I don't know what it's going to look like, but breakthrough will come. Would you stand on your feet just for a moment? There's a song called God Turn It Around that we've been singing for a few weeks. And I wanted to sing that together as we ask God to turn around our situations and declare by faith that breakthrough will come.
It might not look like we think it's going to, but it's going to come. I'm praying God come and turn to say
If you're in a situation where you maybe even find yourself angry and resentful and bitter because he's not answering like you thought that he would or like you think that he should, I want to invite you to the front to embrace godly brokenness so that what's in you can flow out and begin to touch others. Come on, don't miss this moment. If that's you, step out of your seat and come to the front. And I believe that God is going to meet you right here. He's going to turn it around, turn it around. Turn it around, turn it around. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, sing it again. Because all of my hope is in the name. On behalf of Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.